Welcome back to Ever Everything Podcast. On today's episode, Gabionis and I, we're back on the mic for our weekly episode. This time we're talking about utilizing our fitness as a parent with a recent uh, situation with one of our coworkers. We then dive into the layoffs at CrossHQ. What does that mean? And if Don even had to send an email out, letting affiliates know what was going on. And we finish it off with the Yeti question of the week and my favorite workout of the week, where we talk about what inspires us for long-term, what keeps us motivated and fired up. So definitely stay tuned for that. Really appreciate you guys listening to these podcasts. Simple ask, if you're getting value, hit us up on social, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Now let's dive into a great episode with Mr. Gabe Giannis. Let's go. So I got a good story for you. So we talked about this idea of train hard to live free, this idea that you know, you should be getting after it in the gym so you can go do things you need to do. Keep up with your kids, protect yourself, protect your family. So here's a really interesting story. So, you know, Matt Walker on our team. So, you know, he he had recently, he had back surgery. And so he's been recovering from that. And I've known this guy since we were like 14. And he started having back problems earlier on. And so he had back surgery like maybe a year ago and he's been recovering from it. He's been walking, he's been going to the gym, he's been recovering, He's been he's been really working on his fitness, right? And so he's in Mexico. This is a perfect example of train hard, live free. So he's in Mexico and his daughter goes into a um, bathroom um, like with him, like she's, she's very young. Right. And so she goes into a stall, a private stall in the men's bathroom, which is, you know, I've done this before with my kids when they're younger, of course, like you don't want to have them go to the bathroom by themselves. So they walk in with you. And so she goes in a stall, but this particular stall has a floor to ceiling um, uh, stall door, right? So instead of having the stalls where you can go underneath, like a like a foot underneath, it's from floor to ceiling, which, you know, I've seen this in Mexico. I've seen this in other areas where basically the whole thing is covered. So she goes in there and she's using the restroom, blah, blah, blah. And she ends up not being able to get out. And the, the lock was stuck. And so she starts freaking out naturally. I mean, you're like stuck in this bathroom and you can't crawl under, you can't crawl to the next stall. It's like a, a box that she's in. And so Matt's there and he's telling me the story. I'm thinking, oh shoot, like I've been in a similar situation before and you start freaking out as a parent because your child is freaking out because they feel like they're trapped in this box and you feel helpless. So sure enough, what Matt does is he basically climbs up and over this bathroom climbs into it over the top, which so it must've had like a little bit of area over the top, gets in and then unlocks it from the inside. And it's just a really perfect analogy for if he was not fit, if he did not exercise, he wouldn't have the capability to climb up and over this stall because it didn't have room underneath to then be able to um, essentially, I mean, for lack of a better term, save her, but I don't wanna make it more exaggerated than it is. But point is when your daughter's screaming, because they're scared and you know, there's no real threat, but it is a threat because obviously she's, she's hurting in some way. Like she's emotionally distraught and he had the ability to go up and over. It just is a great analogy for, you know, what I believe parents should be striving for to maintain their fitness for something like that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think that a more, you know, I mean, that's a good example, but I think a more like, you know, <laughs> drastic example but like it's really sad honestly and i think it's it's important to talk about you know there's that video i sent you of this lady right who puts her kid on the stroller and the stroller starts rolling away towards traffic i didn't see this yet 
Did you just I sent, send it to me? I sent it to you on Instagram because someone was was commentating about it. So oh. you, you can watch it later, but I'll, I'll I'll give you the story. I mean, it's it looks like security camera footage, right? Okay. And this lady's taking her baby out of a car and puts her in the stroller, and the stroller starts rolling towards moving traffic, and the lady falls, and she is so out of shape that she cannot get up to go get the stroller. Now, luckily, there was a good Samaritan. Someone ran, grabbed the stroller, and fine. But this lady, like, literally could not get up from the floor in that moment of panic. And she was she was a little bigger, you know. And she literally was so out of shape that in the moment where, I mean, you know, bluntly, life or death of your child, you weren't capable of getting up and going and doing something as simple. Because she had plenty of time. I mean, if you watch the video, like, it's not like it was like traffic right there. And it was so, it's so sad that someone wouldn't be able to do something that I think we take for granted in our space, in our fitness space, that like, I, that would never be a problem for you, me, or honestly, like even the average, like gym goer that we know, that's just trying to, you know, look a little bit better or whatever. But the unfortunate truth is that that's outside of our bubble of people that do care about fitness. There's a lot of people that fall into that bucket of, they wouldn't be able to do anything. So and that video, it, it, it's kind of making the rounds a little bit now because a lot of the people that we follow are, 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 you know, talking about it and just like, what more vivid example of why, like, you just need a baseline. Like, there, you, you can't get yourself or allow yourself to get to the point where you are that, you know, to put it bluntly, useless when Dude. it comes to protecting your family. Because no, sometimes you when we talk about, you know, when we talk about, you know, being a protector and protecting our family, you know, sometimes I think people think like, you know, are you doing BJJ and would you be able to like fight a bad guy? Would you be mm. able to like, you know, like lift a car if something? Sure. Like that's all well and good. And it's good to train towards those things. But to like go down to this like very basic like ability to can you, if you fall down, get up in enough time to like help your baby if something's going wrong? Like, you know, we got to call a duck a duck at some point and just be like, everyone needs to be able to do that, period. And there's period. no excuses. No, that's a really good, um, you know, kind of touch point there is like, when we talk about the ability to protect yourself and your family, like, yes, definitely. I'm very interested in combatives. Obviously, we've talked about that regularly on this show. But to your point, like, there's no better, like, framework to build off of than the ability to be able to run like that. Like, I mean, that should just be a prerequisite for everybody. And, um, if it's not right. So I was, I was, I was meeting with the, a law enforcement chief this last week. And what we were discussing was getting his department, his police officers more fit. That's it's a major goal for him, which is obviously a major goal for us. We want to help see fitter cops. That's a, that's a huge goal of mine and ours. And what he was saying is that 20%, they call it merge, but SWAT, like, let's just say 20% of their officers are super fit, like fit. 60% are like moderate and 20% are not fit at all. And the question becomes, how do you get that bottom 20% to be interested in fitness? Because no, no matter what you do, right, you could bring a fitness program to the police department, whatever, the 20%, they're already all in. They're, they're already convinced. They're good. So he's not trying to necessarily address that audience because they're already doing what they need to be doing to do for their job. 60%, yes, they can get a little bit better, but the question becomes, how do you approach this 20% of that 
to your point is like that woman, um, maybe not as extreme, but at the inability to be able to get back up or to be able to run or be able to do these daily tasks, especially as part of your job. And so that's what him and I were discussing was how do you get those people interested in fitness if for their entire lives, they haven't really done much. And that's, it's, it's a tricky subject and it's difficult, but I think that where it comes from is, is not like ridiculing those people, but, but finding a way to inspire them and then finding a way to make sure they're being consistent with it. It's really important because dude, people being fit for like a week or two, isn't the goal, right? We want them to be able to protect themselves and their families for the rest of their life. So him and I had a great conversation about that and plans we have for the future for the department, which is exciting. You know, I think that there's, there's kind of two different like groups of people. I think, I think that there's people that, you know, like just for general, like health should be improving, you know, their, their biomarkers improving, you know, if, if obesity is an issue, like working on that and so forth. And I think that for that group of people, there's a little bit more room for compassion, which I think is very important, right? Because we never know like what circumstances led someone to get to where they are now. And I, I do think that it's not as easy as like, hey, be more disciplined. Hey, eat the right things. Hey, do the right things. So I, I, I completely understand that. But I think that once we like start talking about people that need their bodies for their job and a job as important as being a cop, like where, how do you straddle the line there between compassion and inspiration and just like holding people responsible for like, what's a requirement of the job that they chose? Like, dude, you're a cop. Like you can't be a fat cop. You can't be an unfit cop, like period. Like to me, those are two very different circumstances because yeah. they made the decision to, to go into that. this line right. of work. Where... Well, I think switching the culture is key, right? So like, that's what we're doing with customs and border protection right now is creating a culture of like th the fact that that's even allowed at some departments is an issue because like, like we talk about even for our coaching staff, right? At the bottom of our coaching pyramid is, is this idea of culture. And that same thing is a permeate between all law enforcement departments across the country. Like, like, I mean, if you look at most fire departments, there's some pretty fit ass people because I think that the culture that's being set in these fire departments, now granted fire departments, it's a little bit of a different um, situation than police in terms of like, they all live together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But point is, I think the culture is like, dude, if you're not fit and you can't perform, like we need to level you up. Um, and I, I just hope that we can see more of that coming across the country as far as law enforcement is concerned, because I think there needs to be a culture shift where it's not okay to be out of shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not okay. Yeah, it brings up an interesting kind of point. And I know that this is, you know, for some people, a little bit of a sensitive subject, but actually me and Ariel were talking about it the other day. So uh, we just enrolled Shay, our, you know, five-month-old in these- like, Infant swim? In yeah, oh. mommy and me, daddy and me swim lessons. Yeah. And so we go every Saturday. And so two kind of conversations that come out of this, but me and Ariel were talking about this, like, dude, me and Ariel stick out like sore thumbs at these classes. Like we just do, right? And it's because, you know, we work out a lot. Like we look, like I looking around the other day, we were like, dude, this is this is crazy. Like we look so different. And you almost like, like people kind of like turn heads. Like it's strange to be a parent that like looks fit. And I think that that was like a very eye-opening moment for us for two reasons. One, like we've gotten to the point where like being fit is like weird, right? It like, that's what draws attention. The norm is 
especially for 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 a lot of parents it's like you know you kind of like well things got busy you kind of let yourself yeah, go yeah. like the dad, dad bought the thing yeah and it, it's just also so evident in like this swim class because obviously everyone's in bathing suits right so it was very eye-opening in that respect that i was like you know you look around and you're like holy shit like we are literally the only people that look a certain way versus other people that was eye-opening and i think that the other side of it and this is is interesting i think specifically for possibly the people that listen to to this podcast is i also think that a lot of people get uh, discouraged because they think that they're so low in the percentile of where they want to be in terms of fitness because they are in this bubble of they go to the gym so all their friends are gym people and then you're on social media where everything you see is this like honestly unrealistic depiction of what fit looks like and i think if people were to take a step back and realize that if you work out regularly and mostly eat the right things you are in the top percent of the fittest most in shape healthiest people in our country and i think that if people viewed it through that perspective it would remove this pressure of like i need to look a very specific way that I think for a lot of people discourages them to continue just doing what they're doing because they feel like they're so far away from this unrealistic end goal without acknowledging the fact that literally if you were put into your local mommy and me swim class that has you know a, a more realistic depiction of what the average people in your community looks like, not just the CrossFit gym you go to and the people you follow on social media, you'd probably look around and be like, holy shit like i am in great fucking shape so yeah. i think that th those were the two things we were talking about it's like one it's unfortunate that that's the case but two i think a lot of people in our space would be a lot less stressed and continue to be motivated to do the right thing if they were able to like more clearly see where they fall in like the percentile of what fitness means and what being healthy means as opposed to like well, I don't look like the 10 super fit people I follow on social media. Dude. Yeah. That's a, no, that's an interesting take on that. I agree with you. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how we got into a culture. I do think in California where, where, where I'm at, there it's is, different. it's a little, it's a little bit different in terms Very of like, different. there is an emphasis on like fitness and health and whatnot. Um, you know, I think there's different parts of the country that are more focused on it than others. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying though about like people who are fit. But dude, it's because you're you're a product of like what you see. Like, I mean, I even think about this with kids right now, right? Like, imagine if you're on TikTok all the time. But just just on on that note though, yeah. I do think that like where I am, Central Texas is a more realistic representation of like the country as a whole oh, versus like like the Bay Area. Because I do agree with you, like. A mommy and me swim class in the Bay Area would probably look a lot different than a mommy and swim class in Central Texas. But I do think that unfortunately, like where I'm at is a little bit more representative of like what the population is, where they're yeah. at. hundred percent, dude. But I mean, I, I think that just, you know, your perception, like especially on social media, man, that, that's why with the youth and the kids, it's so, you know, I, I, I see it firsthand. So Ava's 12. She was, we were, I was at a track meet. So I'm going to talk to you about this track meet. So dude. So many lessons learned. I definitely, I do want to talk about CrossFit letting go of 20% of their staff. But before we get there, I was at this track meet and there was probably, I don't know, 200 kids competing. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe like, maybe like 150 kids, quite a few kids, right? Ages, um, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. And 
first off, it was absolutely magnificent. It was, it was tremendous. There was so much to gain and I'll, I'll talk about that, but it was eye opening, dude. When these kids, after we were done competing, we were sitting around for like award circle, like award ceremony. And bro, I'm not kidding you. 90% of these kids are on their phone on TikTok or whatever it is. Instead of like engaging with each other, they're like, dude, they're totally in their own world, just TikToking. And it was just really eye-opening to, to see how the youth interact now because of how easy access is to technology. But nonetheless, I was really blown away by these kids. Um, the, the fact that they got uncomfortable, the fact that they were out on a starting line, like I got yelled at so bad. So one of our girls was running the mile and I, I was the assistant coach. So I had, we, we had like three or four practices before this. And I was helping her clip her mile time, like, like, like address what, what her splits were going to be. And this girl, she was fast. She ended up running a seven Oh five, which was pretty good. Um, and so she was, she, she, I wanted her to run, you know, like, I don't know, uh, one forty four hundreds, whatever it was. And she was a little bit off pace. And so I had my watch and I'm running like uh, on, uh, through the track, like not on the track, but like through the grass. And I didn't know that like you couldn't kind of like run with them, but I was all fired up. I'm like, you know, she was on lap like two or three. And I was like, you know, juiced up. I'm like, yeah, you're on target. You're on target. So I'm running through like this field, you know, like the, the football field. And dude, this guy, the, the head guy of the thing, he's like, he's like, coach, coach. He's like, he's like yelling at me. And I didn't hear him. So finally, like this one dad in the stands like, Hey coach, can't run with the kid. And I felt so bad because I was like, so in the moment, but I ended up going up to the, to the head guy afterwards. I'm like, Hey man, I, I apologize. I didn't know you couldn't do that, but I was all fired up. And uh, these girls ended up to this one girl. She was running 400. And so she takes off on this 400 and bro, she was like running. And I'm like, wow. I look at Ashley. I'm like, that girl is either super talented, super fast and is going to set a great time or she's going to burn out. Sure enough, she gets 200 meters in. She's cranking and she sits down on the floor. So it was just, it was just, dude, the things <laughs> I, the things I saw at this track meet were so eye-opening because kids had to learn how to pace. They had to learn how to overcome nerves. They had to learn how to like be on a track meet. This is the first one of its kind for these kids, for most of them. Um, but the lesson I wanted to share with you um, wasn't the fact that I got in trouble or whatever. I was just all fired up, but a Ava's 400. So Ava ran her first 400. By the way, I, ju I just have to say that like 200 something pound Cali Bear RPE 10 Jason Kalipa coaching middle school track has to be like a parody. Like we have to get someone with a camera to come with you to these track meets and just film that because that must be the most ridiculous situation on the planet. <laughs> I can like, I literally just imagine you like super amped up running with this girl that probably weighs as much as your left tricep, like you trying to like get her going, dude, that's good. But I, I, I just, I had to get that in. Tell me about yeah, it. Dude. It yeah, I definitely, I definitely stuck out a little bit, but anyway, so I'm running down. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so Ava's got her 400 and my goal for her is like, she's not very competitive. And I feel like with, with each child, you know, you have to approach him a little bit different. Caden, he's too competitive. I have to approach him different than with Ava. Ava's not competitive at all. Um, but it was very, very, this was such a great learning experience. So before the track meet, we had three or four practices. I took Ava to track um, about four or five times. And I worked with her on her split. And my goal was to get her at a 130, 400 meter, which is a six mile, six minute mile. And to get that, I knew she had to hit her, you know, 
um, 22 second 100s, her 45 second 200s, and her 130 400s. So I had, I had prepared her on the track and the fastest we had done was a 132, but I felt like in competition, she can get down to a 130. So sure enough, she's getting ready for the event. And I, I, my advice to her was just to like relax and chill all the kids. They were getting too spun up. And this is a lesson I learned the hard way. They were just getting too spun up. This one girl, she wanted to warm up like two hours before her event went. I'm like, dude, just sit down, relax about 30 minutes before your event. I'll come get you. We'll mentally and physically prepare for your event. Just chill. Just don't do anything. I got you. So I ended up doing the same thing with Ava, but I watch Ava and she looks like kind of pale. She's super anxious and nervous, almost like to the point where she was going to throw up because she's not competitive. And so right before the event, I could tell like, dude, if she runs this, she's in like blackout. Like she does not look good. So I gave her some honeydew and I just gave her like three or four pieces of honeydew to give her some instant sugar. And she instantly looked a little bit different, a little bit better. She ended up hitting her 400. She ran at a 129, which was really good. She, she didn't perform as well as some other girls, but she, she ran better than I, I expected. But the takeaway there for any parent was that I think sometimes we don't realize, and this has been my own pitfall. Like I've been listening to Eminem and Drake and all fired up throughout the day before a CrossFit Games event. And you take too much energy and you expel it. And so the, the, the idea is with these kids to try and stay calm, relax, you know, country music, just chill, take your mind off things. And then 20, 30 minutes before ramp it up and get ready. But for her, it was just looking at her nutrition. I don't think she had, I think she was exhausting a lot of energy because she was so nervous that I had to give her that little jump start of sugar and she instantly looked different. So just a little, little, little note for parents out there to be aware of those type of things. Yeah, man, it's gotta be a, a interesting balance just cause I know that, um, Kaden and Ava are so different when it comes to sports and, um, you know, you kind of have to approach them differently. That's interesting, dude. Yeah. I've just, with her, it was like, look, it's just you against yourself. I just want you to get this time and you're winning. Um, I was really proud of her. I mean, what that was, that was the most, that was the most beautiful physical feat that I've ever seen her do. So I, I was very, very impressed. And I was very impressed with other kids too. So it was just track and field is so unique and it's similar to swimming, you know, like with what you've done in triathlons, like I guess a little bit triathlons, but mainly just like swimming is like, it's you and these people on a block or it's you and these people at a starting line. And it was like me when I was racing BMX as a kid, you're on this gate and you got to learn how to control your nerves before that gun goes off. It's, um, I think it was just incredibly valuable for these kids. And I, I, I strongly encourage any parent to get their kid into something like that because it's not like football, baseball, or any other group sport, which I think has a lot of value too. This is just like mono a mono and can you step up and can you overcome that adversity? So, yeah, I um, I I always wish that I had done more team sports because I didn't do any team sports growing up. I swam, club and school it was year round, three sixty five. I had no time for anything else, um, and it was great for a lot of those lessons, like swimming, track and field, like those kind of like individual sports teach you so much about like you know it comes down to you calming down your nerves, doing multiple events, pacing, like so many things that I took from swimming. Also like early morning practices, like the fact that I have been used to like having to like wake up early and get shit done early in the morning from an early age, I think has been like one of the biggest things that I'm thankful for, for doing that. Um, but I do wish that I'd gotten the team sports side of things too. Cause I think that you get a lot out of that too. And I think it would have been fun. You know, swimming was great, but at times it was not the most fun. 
Yeah, I think I think doing both is key. You know, like this woman, she emailed me yesterday and her son is 13. He has another son, 14. So 13 and 14 year old. And she's like, listen, they almost qualified for semifinals or something. They're they're really into CrossFit and you train them this summer. And I just wrote back like, you know, I'm probably not the best fit for this, but, you know, I would encourage the kids to be doing a variety of different sports and utilizing CrossFit as a supplement to whatever their sports are not providing them. Um, so anyways, I'm going to continue the conversation with this woman and try and support her so she can support her kids. But I think doing a variety of sports is absolutely key, individual and team. Um, anyways, um, dude, I wanted to talk about... Uh, People just getting way too caught up in this idea that CrossFit, like, so let me ask you a question. Do you think Don Fall has an obligation, number one? Number two, is it even a benefit to send a message out to all affiliates, because I got one, saying that they're letting go of 20% of their workforce and explaining briefly kind of why? Do you think he should have done that or needs to do that and... Yeah, like, and, and do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think that communication is a good thing? Or you think it's over-communicated and it's just a part of, you know, the business moving forward? An interesting question without having the, like, I don't know what the message was that ended up going out. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is behind it. I, I don't think he has the obligation, but I could see it being the right move, just given the, like, nature of the business that we're in, like, if there's anything we've learned over the years is that gym owners are very reactive to what's happening in the back office, HQ, whatever you want to call it, CrossFit. I think that, you know, it, it's super interesting, man, because I can't think of any analogy or any other like business that has this like people that are affiliated to it for such emotional reasons. Like we talk about this all the time, right? Like so many gym owners got into this because CrossFit changed their life. Like they have this like passion and emotion for the brand and the company. Whereas, you know, if people go out and open whatever, right? Like a Chick-fil-A, another type of gym, an F45, like they don't care what's going on at the F45 back office or like who's getting fired or not at Chick-fil-A. Like they got into business because they saw an opportunity. And if anything, they're like, hey, if the CEO is making good decisions trimming the fat or, you know, figuring out how to be more efficient. Like at the end of the day, that's better for me. Whereas in CrossFit, because there's this like grassroots origins of it and people feel such a tie to like the seminar staff people and the people on the team and even like people like the media team, I think that I can see it being a good idea to get in front of it just because otherwise people will speculate and people will always have this like knee jerk reaction of like, well, this new guy came in, now he's firing again. They remember when Glassman got rid of the media team, people start spiraling out of control and just there's unnecessary negativity where I would imagine, or at least I would hope, because I hope that Don is doing a good job and I hope that you know CrossFit is, is doing right steps. I would hope that this decision was a positive decision in that it was necessary to reach what Don's goal is, which is get, you know, CrossFit to X people in X years, right? So long way of saying, I, I don't think he has, he obviously doesn't have the the responsibility to, but I can see it being a good idea just given how how emotional this community is. Um, yeah. how, do you get how, the, how do you get the community to be less emotional, you think? 
because I, I, I think it's what we've been talking about, man. I think it's shifting the conversation around and making it about like, hey, we got into business to impact people, but we also got into business to like grow this thing, make some money and have an impact. Like, I think that the conversations around what it means to run a successful CrossFit gym or be a successful part of this community have to start becoming more objective and more about like, hey, are we having successful gyms, successful gym owners and successful coaches? Black and white, right? Like, and what does success look like? Like, sure, it looks like getting that member to lose 100 pounds and reverse their diabetes. Like, that's all well and good. But also, are you able to take a vacation? Are you able to, you know, like, retire off of this? Are you able to build a career as a coach? Like, we have to start shifting the conversation, I feel like, of what success is in the space to the things that are actually success, which is giving people some trajectory. And I think that if those become the conversations, it'll become less emotional and more about like, okay, it's black and white. Like, was that a good move, business move for CrossFit HQ that's going to help affiliates become successful? Then all good. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, as emotional as layoffs are, like, it's just a business decision. And that yeah. it should be viewed as that. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. So Katie Hogan is the West Coast uh, affiliate manager and um, I, I, I don't know her exact title, but and she sent a message asking for um, heavy hitters, she called it. And it was any gym that did over 35,000 a month in revenue. And I thought it was interesting. So I wrote back to her, I said, hey, like we're we're a heavy hitter. And and uh, it was just interesting because that type of conversation would have never have happened five, 10 years ago. And it's just great for her to start thinking about revenue as a factor and then identifying how to level up gyms to generate more revenue. And so I think you're right, actually. I think the way that you take, you, the way that, you know, you could still keep the culture in the core and the community, but you could shift the narrative to recognizing that like this thing won't last for the next decade, two decades, unless we start addressing it as a business, which it is, you know, like, like if CrossFit didn't make those layoff decisions, who knows financially if they're going to be sustainable for the next decade? They have to make difficult decisions like that to reach their end state. You, and I imagine this is just a part of that, that, that strategy. Now, do I like people getting laid off? Of course not. Do I want people to lose their jobs? No. I mean, like, who would want that? However, you know, I, I do think that businesses have to make difficult decisions. We've had to make a lot of difficult decisions in the, in the best interests of our group and our members and our, the people that depend on us for the longevity, you know? So anyways, I saw people get pretty, you know, upset about that. I just, I just think that they need to realize that CrossFit is a business and um, there's going to be difficult business decisions to be made. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like a lot of the criticism always becomes like, well, now that it's owned by venture capital money, like it all becomes about, you know, profits and like, you know, giving investors a return and like loses the spirit of what is was created for. And I can like, I can get that sentiment a little bit because, you know, at the end of the day, there are people that own CrossFit now that are purely in it for like, what's the return on this in 10 years, right? And that might mean going away from what the original mission was, but there has to be a give and a take there, right? Like at the end of the day, businesses have to grow. Like they need money to have an impact. Like a lot of affiliates want CrossFit to invest in, you know, marketing efforts to like get the name out there, to fix the brand, to, you know, fix the, 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 
the preconceived notion that CrossFit is dangerous. Like all these things take money, energy, and resources. And those, that money, energy, and resources, like they're not going to come out of thin air. Right. And it's important for Don or whoever's Don, who's leading the ship, but anyone that's leading the ship at any company here, NC fit your gym back home. Like you do have to look at it objectively and be like, Hey, what is our mission? What is it going to take to get there? What investments is that going to take? And then is there an area where we're not getting the type of ROI that we should, that we can shift those investments somewhere else where we will. Like it, it is black and white and that doesn't make it easy, but it has to be black and white if you want to make the right decisions, because as soon as you start convoluting it with, well, you know, but these people have been around for so long and stuff like that. I think that's where you get into, um, you know, some, some hairy territory that ultimately will just inevitably push you to make the tough decision when it's tougher and when you've lost some time. Yeah, dude, I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I do think the investors have been relatively patient. You know, the investors took over what, two, three years ago. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's not like CrossFit's grown tremendously in that time. Um, but I imagine they're getting a little antsy and they want to start, start seeing some growth. So that's, I, I think you're going to start seeing some growth. I mean, Jocko just announced the other day that you know they're becoming the official i think supplement def i think energy and supplement sponsor of the crossfit games which i do think is a major step in the right direction for crossfit because it's jocko has had a crossfit gym since 2007 yet i've never seen him use the word crossfit as far as i've known him forever so for him to come on board since he has had an affiliate for so long and now be able to use the likeness of crossfit and be able to He's promoting CrossFit and doing Fran. I think that's good for, for the overall ecosystem of CrossFit for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. That's an example of, of something I think going good. But um, dude, anything else you had on your mind? I I I uh yeah, I like the one of Matt jumping over the bathroom, dude. That that got me a good uh chuckle. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm glad that all ended up working out okay. I hate to hear that there was even a moment of um, you know panic there for both him and and his daughter but I'm, I'm glad that all ended up being okay but i'm sure that was some funny imagery there once it was oh. all said and done oh yeah bro i can only imagine like yeah anyway you know another thing that i've just been thinking a lot about and i think it kind of plays into what we were talking about before about you know parents and like you know this this kind of narrative of like you know when things get busy you kind of let yourself go like you know like children become the priority and like that whole thing. I think that this idea of momentum is really important. Um, and it's something that I heard the other day in, in a video and I thought it was worth bringing up. And it's just like, if you never stop, you never have to like start back up. Right. And I think that that doesn't have to mean that you're continuing to do as much as you've been doing when, you know, life gets a little bit tougher, you have a child, job change, travel, whatever. But it just means that like, as long as you keep going, even if it's from going for 100% to 80%, but you just never let yourself go to 0%, momentum is so powerful, right? Like it's so, it's powerful, like literally in physics, it's powerful in like everything else. Like if something is moving, even if it slows down, it's still moving. Yeah, but if it stops moving- motion stays in motion, isn't that like- That's right, yeah, yeah. But, it, but if something stops, like it takes a lot of work to get it going again. And yeah. I know that people out there can absolutely relate to that, right? Yeah. Like you can miss a day, you can miss maybe two days, but as soon as you miss like a week, 
it gets so easy to just be like, oh, well, I lost all that momentum. Like, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to get back on that diet. I'm not going to go back to focusing on my sleep. Like there's, there's like a sweet spot somewhere around there. I don't know if it's like, it might be different for everyone, but it's like, like it's probably two, like a week or two. It's like two weeks. I bet. I bet you, Yeah. I can't think of a time that I've taken two weeks of not doing some type of like exercise in as long as I can remember, but yeah, I but imagine I think that's that, probably the number. I think it's even shorter in that, like when it comes to generally doing the right things, right? Like you might have a weekend where just hands up and like, you know, it all goes. Yeah, you're in, you're in Vegas. You're, you're, you're having a, you're having some John Wicks and, 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 and getting after it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that it's, it's so pivotal that when you come back, like, do you jump right back on the horse or does it become a thing of like, well, you know, like I kind of let myself go, like I'll wait till Monday. And then that Monday becomes like, I'll wait till next month. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, 2024 will be my year. And now it's so freaking hard to get going again. And it's also really discouraging because you do get going again and like progress isn't going to happen like that. And then you're like, shit, like what's even the point at this point? Whereas even if you still had that vacation, even if you still had that weekend and had that fun and like, you know, went completely off the reservation, which is fine. Like we all have moments where like, you know, it's just time to let go a little bit and you never have to be hundred percent disciplined all the time. I actually think it's better to not be hundred percent disciplined all the time. Cause then that can lead to like, you really going off the rocker on the other end. I think that that's where a lot of people can keep momentum going. And again, never have to like start back up again. Yeah. And I know that's easier said than done. And, you know, there's a lot of circumstances that make it really difficult, but this idea of like, you know, something's always better than nothing and not feeling all or nothing about whether it's diet, exercise, sleep, hydration, there's always one thing you can work, work on, right? Like, I feel like no matter how busy you are, no matter, you know, you got four kids running around, you got a crazy job, like you can drink enough water in the day. Like you can, there's no reason you can't, you might not have time to work out, might not have time to like food prep, a bunch of healthy food. You might not have time to get like eight hours of sleep, seven hours of sleep. And I, I get that, but like, you can definitely drink enough water in that day. And I think it's all about like finding the one win that you can continue to get. Because another thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, is that when you're working and winning at one thing in like, you know, the world of like health and nutrition, it makes it really hard to not focus on the other things. Because yeah. it almost feels like a wasted effort. Like, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this. Like, if you're like, hey, I'm really gonna focus on my training, all of a sudden it becomes easier to be like, ah, I'm not gonna have that slice of pizza. Cause I'm working so hard on my training. I don't wanna waste all that effort by not eating the right thing. So now you start eating the right thing. And then you're like, well, I could watch another episode of Netflix, but I'm training really hard. I'm doing really good with my food. Like, I'm gonna go to bed. Right. And then you do that for three weeks and you're like, man, like, you know, I'm doing all these things. Like, you know, maybe I'm not going to have that cocktail that I would have this weekend. And it just kind of like, it builds on itself. So I think that the power of finding, even when things are absolutely crazy, finding the one thing that you can still win at might be the thing that like snowballs into you getting back on track with everything else. Yeah. I like the momentum idea, like an object in motion stays in motion. You know, it's yeah. it, yet, yesterday I'm, um, I get home. And uh, what happened yesterday? So yesterday I get home and um, we had been filming at the gym for coach like a pro and I didn't get a chance to get in the workout that I wanted to get in. I had an idea for something I wanted to do and I didn't get a chance and it bothered me. So I, I, uh, I get home 
and immediately Caden, he's out of control. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, let's go do something. Let's go do something. I was like, okay. So I take him to the garage and we do jujitsu. And so we do some combatives type training and, and, and whatnot. But after we were done, I was like, Hey man, I didn't get in my like, like aggressive training today. He's already sweating. I was like, do you want to do something with me? He's like, he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. And we had already gotten in jujitsu. So it was fine. I, I didn't mind, but I had some time. And so I'm like, all right. So I said, okay, I'm going to try something new. And so this is a workout that everybody should try. It was super tough. I call it the 2040. Okay. It's an EMOM for 10 minutes, first minute, 20 burpees, second minute, 40 squats, repeat for the five rounds or 10 minutes. And dude, bro, it was amazing. So I finished jujitsu. I'm already like a little bit sweaty, but not that much. Cause it was, you know, I was rolling with Caden, just trying to work positions with him and bro, I'm on these mats and I just get after it. And for anybody who wants to try, I mean, for me doing 20 burpees in a minute, like I got to go fast. Like I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but for some reason getting down to the floor and back up again, 20 in a minute is a lot for me. Uh, the 40 squats was definitely a, a lot for easy. anyone. Yeah. But 20, 40 for 10 minutes. That's the, that's the body weight. That's the body weight, uh, challenge of the, of the day. All right. Speaking of, do we have a Yeti question of the day that we have to get to? We, we need to get to a Yeti question of the day. I'll, 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 um, I'll pull up one of the ones that I was looking at from, um, Perfect. Yeah. Make sure you get to the Yeti question of the day. Can't miss that. Um, I was listening to a, a cool clip of um, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, oh, yeah. The, was it one of the green lights thing? I don't know. It just came up. So <laughs> let me share something else with you. People are going to think I'm crazy, but whatever. People probably already think I'm crazy. So lately I've been doing a lot of like bodybuilding type training. And one thing that I've noticed is that I, I definitely like in the few times that I've done bodybuilding type workouts, either with someone else or around someone else, like I definitely push a little harder oh, because yeah. it's one of those things obvious, right? Yeah. So I've really been trying to figure out like, how can I, when I'm working out by myself in the gym, in the barn, like really kind of get to that place where I'm getting as close to failure as I know I could without stopping like two, three reps short. So the latest thing I've been doing is I've been listening to like Spotify has like motivational like inspiration it's just not music it's literally like people talking um and really? like you know like your usual rah-rah stuff yeah, yeah yeah it's got like you know it's got Jocko it's got Matthew McConaughey came up with this stuff um but yeah that came up in my headphones and that's what I've been doing while I work out is I got people like telling me to do hard shit and it's been helping dude um, I, I gotta check that out so it's on Spotify though yeah, I just Google, I, I can send you the ones that I find. It's just random ones. The annoying thing is sometimes they have ads like built into them. And then you're like, dude, you're like rep eight of 10, like really feeling it. And then it's like, oh, like you should try this VPN. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, you're killing me. Dude. But then I get angry and that helps me uh, bust out finish the reps out, anyway. Finish out the set. Yeah. But anyway, this, this Matthew McConaughey bit, and then we'll do the Yeti question of the day. Yeah. I never knew this, but he was talking about like choosing to do dark, uh, hard things and there was a point in his career where he was typecasted to always be the guy in the rom-com or oh, yeah. like shirtless on the beach. And he made the conscious decision that he was like, wasn't going to do that anymore and was only going to pick like hard, meaningful scripts. And he didn't see work for, two over, years, right? for two years yep. because he just refused to do rom-coms. Like he wanted to do something that would challenge him as an actor. And he ended up doing Dallas Buyers Club, which by the way, if you haven't seen that movie, it's an amazing movie. Definitely recommend that film. Um, but it was just, it was a really cool 
bit listening to someone like that, that honestly, for all intents and purposes, had it made as an actor, right? Like he could have stayed in that role and like, he would have made plenty of money. He would have been plenty famous. He's obviously, there you go. You got, you got the book right there. He's obviously a really good looking guy. Like what more did he necessarily need? But he talks about the need of just like doing stuff that really challenged him and that made him like literally go into filming every day nervous because those rom-com scripts, he was like, I can do that with my eyes closed at this point, but he really wanted to do something that challenged him a little bit more. And, you know, he's had a lot of really good movies after that with a lot more serious roles. So um, I just thought that was a cool, like random example of choosing to do hard things in a space that obviously we would never talk about unless it came up on my headphones while I was trying to do incline bench. Yeah, so I finished his book, uh, Green Lights. I finished this a while ago. I happen to have it like right here where I'm at right now. I'm, my, I'm at home and I have it. Um, I thought it was a good book. Um, this is the only book I have on my desk right now. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. Dude, I love that. Dude, this book is, it's awesome. The pictures in this book, like old school bodybuilding pictures. It's great. Anyway. Dude, so the Yeti question of the day, shout out to uh, Luke. It's kind of a, my question, in times of struggle, adversity, or challenge, what do you, Jason Gabe, look to maintain your true north to keep you grounded to ensure you continue to show up every day with purpose and focus? What strategies do you have in place that help you in these moments continue to be a leader, father, colleague, et cetera? Um, Good one. So first off, um, I love doing these Yeti questions of the day. Make sure you're following um, I, I'm going to put it on my channel at Jason Cleep on Instagram where you guys can submit these. Um, you can also send a DM in this particular case. This was a direct message, but um, okay. In times of struggle, adversity or challenge, what do you look to maintain your true North um, to keep you grounded? So, I mean, I, I, that's a pretty, pretty broad question. Um, uh, maybe you could, what's, what's your hot take on that, Gabe? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many kind of different takes. This. So so me personally, right, because I think that there's so many people out there that put content about this kind of stuff out there. But me personally, like one thing that I was talking to Ariel about yesterday, actually, in the, in the sauna, we got like a, a couple of minutes in the afternoon because my dad came over and wanted to watch Shay. So we were like, do you want to go into the sauna? So we, we went into the sauna. Um, and I was thinking about this. And I think that it's always knowing that like, what you're complaining about or whatever your hardship or time of adversity, like there's people out there that are dealing with like, dude, 10X what you're dealing with. And at the end of the day, like you have nothing to fucking complain about. Like literally, I I, I think about that a lot because there are times where I'm like, you know, that was stressful or like, this is going on. We have a lot going on, but like, dude, we have it so fucking good. Like I have no like ground to stand on to complain or be stressed or be overwhelmed. Like it's, I I just don't. And that, that helps me. And I have that inner dialogue with myself where I'm like, dude, is that really what you're complaining about? Is that really the thing that's like bugging you right now? Or you're considering like a challenge or adversity? Like I can think of 10 examples of people out there right now that are dealing with shit that like they, they would be appalled they would like give up like the right leg to switch places with you, right? Yeah, right. Like, literally, Ashley, like, Ashley wants to get a tattoo. Um, she wants to get like right here on her form, which I don't think I would do that uh, for, <laughs> for, for me. 
Um, just with, with it, she just wanted to say perspective. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah, dude. It, it, yeah. I mean, I that that's what it boils down to me. I mean, there's a bunch of other like little things. Like I love listening. I just mentioned like when I work out, it's like little like inspirational like speeches and stuff. Like that stuff does fire me up. I know some people might like roll their eyes or think that stuff is cheesy. I honestly love it, but I think the perspective thing has been the biggest thing for me. Like whenever I'm like, dude, shit is hard. It's not hard. Like, yeah. come on, let's be fucking real. Like I have AC, like fucking clean water. Like those are like real fucking concerns for other people. Like everything else is just stupid. Yeah. Yesterday I was on a call um, with a, uh, a, a cancer group, a research group for um, pediatric cancer. Uh, obviously as many people know, who listen to this show, like, that's a, that's something that's very important to me. And so I'm talking to this woman and she's, she's explaining her story and she lost her child to leukemia. And it just is like, just one of those things. Anytime I hear that, I just like, it's like a, it's like a fucking, it's like a dagger to my heart because I don't know how to, I, I, I'm, I'm socially awkward when it comes to those kind of things, because it's just like, it's such a heavy situation because they know what our current outcome is. And I know what theirs is. And it's just like, dude, but that's that's a another example. Like that was just yesterday, right? I'm on the dude, phone with and, her. It's like and and dude, right right now when you said that, it's so crazy because we've talked about this stuff before, obviously, because you know of Ava and like you've had these stories to share before, and like it's always been like, man, that's really sad. But having a kid now, like just hearing that, dude, I got goosebumps. Like it's yeah. fucked. Like to even that idea come into your head once you actually have a kid. I, I just, I can't imagine like literally like, fuck. It's heavy. And then when you, when you're talking to parents who have gone through it, like bro, and that was just yesterday for me. Right. And, and, and so obviously, you know, we're dedicated in this particular case, um, you know, Ava's kitchen, we, we typically do things to support children and families to put a smile on their face. This organization I was talking to is very interested in the cure. And, um, obviously we could talk about this another time because it's a, it's a really in-depth conversation. What I didn't think about from a cure perspective is that like only like 1% of funding goes to pediatric cancer, which is so unfortunate because you could add in so many years, of these kids life. But what I didn't realize is that these pharmaceutical companies, they're, they're not pushing these. Um, so the best way that the doctors have found to get good results for patients who are like in terminally ill situations is blending different medicines together, right? So you have this chemo, that chemo, this chemo. The problem is these pharmaceutical companies don't want to, um, don't want to fund it because they don't own all the products. So they want to be able to claim that their product is the one that cured. And so it was, it, I had never thought about it through that lens that that's one of the biggest problems these guys are going through is that pharmaceutical companies are not supporting certain things because you're using a product from this company and this company. So they're not going to fund it because they can't put the data together that shows that their particular medicine cured the kid. Super shitty. Um, we can talk more about that sometime. Yeah, that is super shitty. Fucked. <laughs> so so don't shitty. Even, don't even get me started. Yeah, but in regards to my take on uh, on Luke's question, I, I think that the, the biggest thing for me is, and obviously there's so many ways you can take this question, of course, like you and I talked about, but I think it's just this idea of like, um, you know, reaching potential. You know, we've talked about this before, but it's like, I think about this all the time, whether I'm in the sauna or I'm doing something with the kids or whatever, it's like, Am I reaching my potential in different areas? And what what really, you know, to his point, um, what do you look to maintain your true north to keep you grounded to ensure you continue to show up every day? It's this idea that I don't want to look back 60, 20, 30, 40 years from now and be like, hey, I didn't reach my potential. 
I didn't take those opportunities. I didn't put in the hard work to, to reach my potential in being a father, being a husband, being a business owner, whatever. That's what really drives me. So it's something I think about on a regular basis. Like, am I reaching my potential? And am I putting in the work to get there? Because dude, I could, the thing about it is coming out of a sport like CrossFit, I could look back on my journey and there was only one event, one time that I didn't feel like I reached my potential. And it still haunts me to this day, this many years later. And I can only imagine what that would be like if you look back at being a father 20 years from now, you're like, dude, I didn't reach my potential. I could have done something better every day. So that's what I think about on a regular basis that 10 years from now, I don't have these more, you know, massive regrets. Um, so that's the inspiration for this week, Luke. Um, I appreciate the question though. Yeah, I appreciate the question, man. Yeah. For me, it just boils down to like, I have I have the responsibility to show up every day because I have it so good. Like, that's it. Yeah, bro. I, if I could, dude, Ashley wants perspective right here, like in like a cursive, which I think would look like really like awesome for her. But I, dude, I, I can't see myself getting a perspective tattoo on my forearm in cursive. I just, I don't. You not, have no tattoos, right? I have no tattoos. It's just not the look I have. But I mean, I'm down to get one, especially if she wants to get one. I just got to figure out, you know, anyways, that's a, that's a whole nother, <laughs> but dude, we, um, we got coach like a pro coming up. Um, if you guys are not, uh, if you're a gym owner, if you're anybody listening and you're not involved on our weekly or biweekly newsletters, like, I just think you're missing out on so much value from the team that you have to sign up for it. Like if you've been debating about it, like it's an email, if you don't like it, just delete it but I guarantee you it's going to provide you a lot of really, really valuable feedback. So make sure to check out the podcast show notes because we have newsletter links for gym owners and for athletes. And I, I just think the team is really doing a great job with it. And I can't speak highly enough about it. So please register for that. Um, you have to register for it because it just has too much value not to get, especially since it's free. Couldn't say it better myself. That's it. <laughs> All right, team. Well, uh, Keep crushing it. Keep getting after it. Uh, make sure to check out IG for the question of the week um, or DM us. And uh, appreciate you guys listening and uh, have an awesome week. See you next week. Bye.